Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, September 30th, 2020 on Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, we are recording at 8.05 p.m. on September 29th, 55 minutes from what I know that you and I will not be watching. Yes, very exciting to not be watching that. I have, I, uh, I've never looked forward to not watching something so much in my life. <laughs> And this is coming from two of us that you used to cover politics. I used, I used to be to a politics. political junkie. Yeah, you used to be a political journalist. I used to want to be uh, in to work in politics. I used Mm-mm. to like it. Used to be like from whenever people started declaring their candidacies, like the Sirius XM POTUS channel was like the yeah. only thing I listened to, and I ate it up and I loved all the machinations and all yeah, of the, the did, pomp and I did, circumstances. I did all that stuff partially as part of my job but I actually really enjoyed it at one part of my life which was also why it was my job. Yeah and now, ever since uh, the, 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 the Cheeto man uh, came down the gold escalator it just has Cheeto, not been fun. So uh, I will not be watching. I'll, t- I'll follow uh-huh. along on the tweets but I just can't bring myself to watch. God, God, no. You know, we didn't have a show yesterday but we are, as per usual, recording this on the day before, so September 29th, as you said, which is mm-hmm. apparently and very specifically National Broadway Musical Day, as Wait, I was what? informed. Yeah, as I was informed Stop last it. night. Just- it's true. I don't know who decides this or why. Uh, but like, a much a much better holiday than the debate. It was, you know, I was informed last night by my oldest friend Weston, who listens to this podcast. Hi, Weston. Love. Hi, Weston. Hi, Weston. Uh, right. But well, yeah, I feel like we dropped national, the ball there. National Broadway Musical Day is the 29th. Well, we had other stuff. We had other stuff well, going on. You know who really dropped the ball? The mm. Broadway League. The Broadway League dropped the ball in making right? us know that. And we're going to talk about the Broadway League here in the episode in just a few minutes on multiple occasions. But before we do, I want to remind you that you can hear all of our episodes, whether or not we know what the heck the individual musical holiday it is, <laughs> uh, via patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon. All right, Ashley, let's get into the news mm. where I will take a semi-unrelated story and make it about how much the Broadway League sucks. Ooh, First up, earlier this week, yes, the Olivier Awards announced their plans to have a digital ceremony on October 25th after having to cancel their originally scheduled April awards. The largely pre-taped event will be broadcast on the UK's ITV and on their radio station over there as well, and will feature a number of small performances, interviews, and presentations. It's funny how uh, they're able to uh, announce things like this. Weird, right? Anyway, Hmm. they also announced that they would not be having a 2021 Olivier Awards. Getting out there in front of it and saying the next Olivier Awards will be scheduled for 2022 because there just won't be enough eligible productions to warrant one mm-hmm. next April when it would normally happen. Now, actually, this is the exact same thing that we've been talking about for months would mm-hmm. have to happen for the Tony Awards as well because they're likely going to have very few productions open by the time um, the normal June Tony Awards happen, and I think most of them won't have uh, you know, return until next fall, which makes it kind of, you know, just the next season. Um, but unlike their British brethren, the American Theatre Wing and Broadway League have been completely silent on the Tony's topic for over a month, dating back to when their last eligibility rulings were announced. 
Now, originally, mm-hmm. I had heard that the virtual Tonys would be happening at the end of October, but that's uh, a month yeah. away. Um, but when it was announced, the release just said that it would be a very vague late fall ceremony. So I'm guessing that it will actually end up being closer to the holidays. I've heard that a certain number of producers want to push it back as long as humanly possible, not just to avoid um, the... Uh, the election, but also to get it closer to when they can hopefully theoretically have a firm date on when shows will return so they can sell tickets. Interesting. But- yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Because again, as we've talked about, we've got that NBC thing also happening. Uh, and I guess. I haven't heard anything maybe, about it. Maybe. I don't really know. You know, the the vague this is happening thing. But if that thing yeah. is happening and the Tonys A, don't want it to be as close as possible to that, but also do their own promotion material yeah it makes sense to the potential opening day, to push it yeah. to as close to the potential opening day as possible yeah but these at this point actually these are just guesses because the league and the wing continue to do less than the bare minimum when it comes to right, public communication right. because they are actually not communicating at all and so this is just another feather in the cap of Charlotte St. Martin and her uh, committee of do nothing. The feud of the year between you and... I mean, it it literally started on January 1st. (laughs) It did. See, that's what I'm saying. This is is the year. This is the the story of the Broadway year right here is my feud with Charlotte (laughs) St. Martin. Nothing else matters. But it's just, I, I just don't understand how we can have this announcement in early August, have the award right. uh, eligibility rulings in late August, and then not hear anything at all. Mm. Just go I, radio silent. No, sure. I mean, we've said enough of how mismanaged this has been since the get-go. I understand there's a certain... Uh, you know, there's a parallel to the country as a whole's miscommunication and complete Ugh. ineffectiveness at managing... The- anything around the virus. So, I mean, you know, as we've talked about theater, like with the Met opening up in the fall of next year, we might not see theater in April as they want to, as there's already been some opening dates set. We could see theater in the fall. We could see theater even later than that, depending on what happens in the rest of the country. So, there's certainly Mm -hmm. the parallel of, well, we can really only make announcements, to some extent, only make announcements based on what's happening in the broader you know, the in the broader scope however there is there are at least minor steps they could have done other than just pushing 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 and then radio silence radio silence radio silence which has been the entire time we've had radio silence other than this whenever tony's announcement since i technically what like may yeah, whenever they had know. the last pushback of yeah, it's been bad. But it's been awful. It's been awful. And I think realistically, I mean for the Olivier Awards to say we're not going to have a ceremony at all until the following following year, that's <laughs> that's the best way to do it, but I don't think we as a country have any level of patience for that, which is exhibit A, see everything that has happened since March. Well, and, but that's but what I've been saying this whole time is you can't have a Tony's next June because there's not going to be enough shows not. to do. But what you can not. still do is you can still negotiate with CBS and say, 
you don't really care about the Tonys. You want to draw right. the eyeballs you, of the rich right. people who watch sure, them. Sure. So let's do a show with a bunch of performances from every show, new or not. And that'll be, that'll probably draw more ratings than the Tony Awards would. So let's do that in its place. You can do these things now. And I know that CBS probably doesn't want to necessarily commit to anything right now, sure. but you can, you can at least give some information. And I've said this before. Right. This is not frustration that is exclusively um, from the theater community side uh, of from fans and the audiences. There's a lot of frustration that comes from the actual members of the Broadway League as well. Yeah. And that, yeah. my friends, is a transition into our next story. Because <laughs> yesterday, Philip Boroff of the Broadway Journal reported that last month, the Broadway League sent out invoices for its annual dues, and many producers are not taking to it very well. The $4,050 dues generally get people invited to lunches, conferences, and to every Broadway show because they are voting members for the Tonys. However, according to Boroff, a number of producers are calling the demand for money at this point when the entire live entertainment industry will be shut down for a year, a year and a half, completely tone deaf. The dues are due this Thursday, the 1st of October, but apparently the league and its benevolence has allowed producers to begin paying in installments oh, according wow, to so producers kind. that ta- i know according to producers that have talked to broadway journal this is another example of the league being reactive and not proactive mm. the article gets more into the league's finances and how this is a large portion of the league's finances but without actual shows going on where they get dues from every performance both uh, on broadway but also on the road um, they are starting to hurt but ashley Normally, I would not feel one smidgen of badness <laughs> for extremely well-off producers. Not all of them are extremely – well, right, almost all of them. you got to have to have a, a, a very high net worth to mm-hmm. be able to produce Broadway. Anyway, I think you have to have at least a million-dollar net worth or, or what, however mm-hmm. they calculate that. I would not normally two, worry about them having dollars. to fork over $4,050, but – when that money is going to the league, who has shown no yep. real interest in doing its job, I'm going to side with the producers on this one. I'm furious that the league has gotten me to sign, side with producers. I'm I absolutely know. It's in, between the league and the wing, but mainly the league, obviously. I think they're so uh, intent on creating this guise that we're going to be back to normal as soon as possible. So let's, as they said, being reactive and not proactive is just in, I I, I don't, I don't have words. I'm so angry all the time with them at how little they've done. It's very little, very little, little, very non-existent. Yeah. All right, well, let's talk about two other COVID-related stories. Apparently, the Save Our Stage Act, which we've talked about a number of times, has been included in the latest version of the pandemic relief package that House Democrats are working on. The legislation would provide $10 billion to live venue operators, producers, promoters, and talent reps who have been impacted by business shutting down completely. As for the individuals who work in the arts, they would essentially be covered by provisions in other parts of the bill, similar to the previous one with unemployment uh, and and stimulus checks sent to them directly. However, since I starred in a acclaimed high school production of Schoolhouse Rock Live, I know oh, wow. that this bill, this is the tale of Mr. Morton. Anyway, I know that this <laughs> bill has to also pass the Senate and then be signed by the president. So it is very uncertain at this point whether or not anything will actually come from this bill. And if it does, how much will need to be changed to secure passage? But 
This is at least a start, Ashley. I'm more interested in hearing about this high school production of School. Oh my god, it was really good. Okay, so I played the teacher, and everybody else in the show was my imagination. And during Uh. one of the performances, my big song at the end of the show, I finally had enough confidence to start my first day of teaching. Uh, I sang the Uh song "Mr. Morton," and in one. Uh, one of the performances, I switched the verses. I started singing the Ooh. second verse first. But mm. what was great was I kind of made contact with the conductor. I contacted with the conductor, and we just kind of like knew, okay, go on. But what was great is that the rest of the cast just followed along, and they did the choreography to act out the song oh like what God. I was saying. I suppose it was wow. very impressive. It was a highlight of my theatrical career. <laughs> um, the St. Charles Bourmet. Yeah, the St. Charles uh, Preparatory Cast. Of wow. uh, Schoolhouse Shout Rock Live. I guess that would have been circa 1996. Yeah, mm. 1996. So not too times. late to make your Broadway debut, Mr. Tamanelli. Oh, it'll happen. Uh, anyway, oh, so. uh, <laughs> uh, finally, Times Square staple Ellen Stardust Diner announced this week that it would be reopening on October 1st. The restaurant with its famous singing waitstaff, I guess, will be the only place to see live entertainment in the theater district in New York now, Ashley. Um, I guess. I know that there was a blow up over... That's not entirely true. There are some cabaret joints doing their thing, but... That's true. So, there's some live performances. In in Times Square, I think this is going to be the only one then. Um, Mm. But anyway, beside the point, um, I know that there was a blow up over attempts to unionize the Ellen's staff a few years ago, and I don't remember what actually happened with that. But beyond that, I know that this take will not be popular amongst diehard New Yorkers, but I really have a soft spot for Ellen's. Uh, It's been about sure, why not? Yeah, it's been about a decade since I've been there, but I always found the food to be decent and fairly priced compared to, you know, what else you can get in Times Square. But what's great about it is is the talent is always amazing. Like, there's so many people who have become Broadway regulars and Broadway stars who Mm. worked at Ellen's, including my friend Ellen Marsh. She used to work there. Ah. Um, So, uh, you know, collective organizing issues aside, I'm really happy for the folks at Ellen's. (laughs) I was going to say, that's a big one, the collective organizing issues. Get your your crap together, and then well, then we'll talk, but yeah. Um, And then then you'll sing in my face. And then you'll sing in my face, yeah, with a mask on, of course. (laughs) Yeah, I would imagine. All right, let's move on to some streaming theater announcements. Yesterday, Macbeth, colon, a surround sound experiment, announced that it would air on October 31st and November 1st online. It is designed to be listened to in the dark on a pair of headphones with a candle. The 3D audio event will benefit the actors fund and ticket buyers will receive access to the audio performance along with special instructions, a cocktail recipe, and, quote, accoutrements that help Uh complete the experience. Macbeth after dark. Yeah. Oh, that's the best way to do it. Isn't that <laughs> what um, uh, Sleep No More is? Or is that Hamlet? Yeah, that's sleep, exactly. No, it's you're, just, you're just happy I remember the name of it. Uh, um, a, the show with the masks, but that could be literally any show at this point. Yeah, a good point. Over at McKeetrick. Um, recorded in isolation over 24 hours, the event will feature Tamara Tooney, Layla Robbins, Robert Cuccioli, and more. On Tuesday, we learned the details about the Paper Mill Playhouse's new reimagined season. The season will start off with concerts from Patti Lapone, Laura Benanti, and Vanessa Williams, one a month Ooh. from October through December. They will be available for 72 hours of streaming beginning on their release date. From there will be a handful of Paper Mill productions taking place from their stages that will be captured and available to watch online. 
The first will be Sing in a New Year, then Some Enchanted Evening, then a new show, Pete and Keeley, and then Beehive, the 60s musical. But the catch is these will only be available to Paper Mill subscribers. The okay. dates on the last two shows have not been announced because Paper Mill still is holding out hope that they can include in-person audiences in addition to the streaming options mm. at some point this season. If they do, they only the only people that will be allowed in the theater will be actual season subscribers. Makes the sense. Shows that That's had smart of them. Yeah, I have no problem with any of this. Yeah. Um, the shows that had previously been announced for this season at Paper Mill, the new shows at least, The Wanderer, Clue, and Bruce, will be pushed to 2020-2022. All right, Ashley, let's move on to some feel-good recommendations. The first one is a bit bizarre, but it was uh, announced <laughs> on Monday that Alex Brightman, Broadway's own, will return to the role of Beetlejuice, but this time... In cartoon form. Yeah. The, the two-time Tony nominee will be a part of the Cartoon Network's Treat-A-Thon, and he will actually be a part of uh, an episode of Teen Titans Go, which is actually a superhero TV show. Uh, but his it episode is. will air on Monday, October 5th at 7 p.m., and you can get a uh, a preview of that in the show notes um, very you gotta love cool. Alex going back to uh, Beetlejuice. Yeah, this is very cool, especially since, you know, Beetlejuice uh, got... Maybe a little screwed over. Yeah, I think they loaded out on Tuesday, actually, finally. Oh, God, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that big old uh, Music Man marquee up there. Wrong answers only. What is it? <laughs> the Music Man. Okay, yeah, I saw your tweet, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, the other recommendation that I have is a, a preview performance from the Skivvy's upcoming concert that will be available on demand that was recorded at Birdland uh, earlier this month. The concert, which will be available beginning on October 1st, features Matt Doyle and Tamika Lawrence. You can get a uh, preview of one of the Skivvies songs uh, in the show notes. I've talked about the Skivvies uh, on Monday's episode yeah. when I talked about their uh, uh, their Indiegogo campaign, which is now fully funded. But I was you can still ask. give. Yeah, yeah, it, it is fully funded, but you can give more, and maybe they can do a, a few more things. And the perks are still available. But uh, I love the Skivvies; I think they're great. I really like Nick and Lauren. I've interviewed them both, um, mm -hmm. so check this out. And I will be looking forward to seeing the uh, the the concert when it's available later this very week. Very much so. Very much so. Awesome. That is all that we have for today. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, this is Ashley. You can find her not live tweeting the debate. Not live tweeting um, the debate. Probably still stress, stress eating some McDonald's, though, and celebrating yeah. the last few hours of National Broadway Musical Day. <laughs> I might live tweet the live tweeting of the debate. Mm, I haven't mm -hmm, decided. Mm. You know what I mean? I, I get what you mean. I get it's unfortunately a very Twitter thing. Um, I do I, see. I don't watch the, the debate, but I certainly watch people's reaction to the debate. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I want to know what's said, but I just don't know that my stomach can handle watching it. Oh, live. I just can't not. take. I just can't take. Uh, you know, Cheeto Caligula speaking for more than 30 not, second sound bites. Not Cheeto Caligula. Oh no. no. Oh, no. You don't like that one? <laughs> I mean, I could have gotten Nero. I mean, you, you know, he Nero. fiddled while Rome. You know. as, soon, as soon as you Either mentioned one. Caligula, it's already too much. 
Okay, we've gone, we've crossed over the 20 minute <laughs> threshold when things start to get with weird. With Caligula. Yeah, with Caligula. All right, I <laughs> did take two years of high school Latin at the aforementioned mm. St. Charles Preparatory ah, School. But anyway, yes. everybody, have a wonderful hump day, speaking of Caligula, oh, and no. we will be back to talk to you tomorrow. Oh, no. <laughs> 